What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. This is Andy Gutierrez from StarWars.com, and you are listening to Coffee with Kenobi with Dan Z. This is the podcast you're looking for. This is James Arnold Taylor, and you're listening to Coffee with Kenobi. Hmm, I have a good feeling about this. Joining us today for a cup of coffee to talk about the 12th episode in Season 2 of The Bad Batch. The episode is The Outpost. And with me are two of our great friends. First, of course, he is back in business, back in the co-pilot seat with me, my co-host for all episodes of The Bad Batch, Mr. Mason Zare. Mason, welcome back. Thank you again. So how does it feel to be back back uh, doing the coffee with Kenobi thing? Here we go. We've got... Our great friend, a longtime member of the CWK Alliance, Mr. Blake Weaver. Blake, welcome back to the show. But I am back. I am back. It's great to be back. I'm finally get to talk to Mason. I'm back with you, Dan, to be to do a show talking about the bad batch. I mean, this is fantastic. This is gonna be a great uh, conversation this week. We had a great show to talk about. I got my notes ready, so I'm really looking forward to diving into this. Let's do it. So as we always do, we'll start with one word to describe the episode. We'll save our letter grade for the end. And this is your overall thoughts. And Blake, we'll start with you. Uh, just give me one word to describe the episode for you. And there's kind of your overall thoughts on it. Uh, Lucas. Lucas, because the opening shot, this is a note I had. Um, everything about this felt like something George Lucas himself would make. Um, wow. I've been... I've been very hit or miss with Bad Batch this season. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. Um, very even more though so than last season. But um, even from the opening shot, I think they nailed a lot of the things um, George would have done if he was in the you know the captain's chair for for this series. So uh, Lucas, I mean, you know, this is G level canon for me. I love this. So I mean, that's great. Yeah. So that that's how that's how it start right off the bat i loved it and um i'd give it a a grade a oh cool awesome uh and you might change your grade as we go along but mason uh give me one word to describe the episode and your overall thoughts on it um it's a very long hyphenated word oh half confusing half <laughs> mind-blowing okay love that because it's kind of confusing because you're thrown into this they get on the ship and then they go to this outpost, which you've never heard of. Mm -hmm. And then throughout the episode, things keep happening and you think are cool, but you can't perfectly explain it. That is a which, really good start. So it's mind blowing. Mind blowing. Yes. And I'm glad that you borrowed a page um, 
from the Coffee with Kenobi handbook about hyphenating your words if you've got a lot of things to say. That's great. My word for this episode is perfection. I think this narratively is perfect. Uh, I was very fortunate to see uh, the majority of season two well before it came out. And there are two episodes that I could not wait to talk about for people to see. And this is one of them. This episode is completely mind-blowing. It's completely Lucasian, like you just said. It's absolutely fabulous. And we've got a lot to talk about, so let's jump right in. The beginning is very, very quiet and very, very gloomy. Uh, you can you just get the sense that it's bad. And you see Crosshair right away, which we haven't seen since, I believe, the second episode of season two. Third episode. Third episode. Of Third episode. Yep. Oh, that's right, because the first one was a two-parter. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. That's exactly right. Thank kind you. Kind of a one, kind of one episode, but really two. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you both for clarifying that for me. I appreciate that. You just get a sense when you see Crosshair that something is up. And Blake, I, I, I I'm right. I feel like you're a, you like you're a Crosshair guy, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So what what kind of went went through your mind as this episode starts? Uh, before we meet Lieutenant Nolan, uh, we'll get to him eventually. But um, tell me kind of what went through your mind when you saw Crosshair and you, and you saw this thing started. So last time we saw him, I, I I talked to a lot of my friends about this. The last episode we saw him him in and the 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 way I described it, I felt there's a lot of mental gymnastics, gymnastics going on in this guy's head. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was Cody. He, was it Cody he talked to? Um, what was the clone he talked to? I can't remember. That was Cody. It was Cody, yeah. So I, I felt after that episode, he there was a lot going on in this guy's head. I think there was beforehand, but I think that one episode really emphasized that a lot. Um, I'm a little disappointed, honestly, that we've not seen him up until this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like this could have been episode maybe five or six. Um, I think they kind of missed a shot on that. But um, just to now be back with him and see just his demeanor – um, I do think a lot of things that 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 happened the previous episode he was in are weighing in on his mind, and I think the way they shot that opening sequence, even before no one comes in, may hint on him being, again, maybe a little you know back and forth with you know his thoughts and what's going on. Again, mental gymnastics. Interesting, Mason. What about you? I feel like I kind of know the answer, but just tell us anyway um, your thoughts on Crosshair and seeing him back. It was good to see him back. I think he played a the most important part in this show, obviously. Not this yeah. whole series, but this episode. Right. I hear you. I think uh, he's someone I, I always want to like, but he, he goes out of his way to not be likable. But that changes in this, as we'll get to. Uh, we meet Lieutenant Nolan. Uh, the Bad Batch again delivers on one of the most despicable characters you could possibly imagine. I think this guy takes it to a whole other level. Even he's even got the blonde hair and blue eyes and in the way he carries himself. It's like he's um it's like the um when you hear stories about uh, the Germans during World War II, the Nazis and they you had to be a a a, a blonde-haired blue-eyed uh person to be respected and I'm certainly paraphrasing a lot of different things so I apologize for World War II history buffs. But that that's really kind of the vibe he sends out. He's He's mean. He's nasty. The, he's even colder and more calculating than the environment that he's going to be on later. They, we find out there is an Imperial Depot on Barton Four, so that is where this whole thing is going to take place. And he is not nice to Crosshair 
Mason, talk about things that stood out for you when Lieutenant Nolan talks to Crosshair before they get on that ship. He he says, I don't like to use equipment about all of the clones. And when he sees, like when he sees the clones on the ship, he says, I don't like used equipment. And then he says, to, and before he says to Crosshair, you're not in full uh, outfit. And he just doesn't have his helmet on. And makes a big deal out of that. Yeah, and very much uh, quickly undermines him in, in sort of any respect that Crosshair might have. Because when he's with the Empire before, when he was, when he was with Rampart, there was still at least a begrudging respect between the two of them. But that does not, that clearly does not exist here. Blake, anything you want to add to what Mason said? Yeah, I wrote down, um, you know, the term used equipment. And I know this kind of bleeds into the scene after this with with Hex, VTech, and Mayday. But again, that... <laughs> He kind of reminded me, um, and you and me can probably relate, um, you know, everyone I think has had that new boss that comes in and thinks they're going to change everything. They're going to turn things around, and they end up just making everyone upset. And now I think that's that that's what we're getting to with the Empire right now. Um, we're having a lot of these new recruits come in. They're not uh, clones. Um, they, they, they have the mentality of the Empire, this very... Um, very you know World War II German headset to them, and they're they're rude, they're nasty, they're violent, and it's not meshing with with the clones that had a you know th these are the guys that worked along with the Jedi. I mean, I think even Crosshair. Yeah. I mean, you know, this is a guy who um, has not, has not been the nicest guy, but I mean, still there there is a, a code to this guy somewhere deep down inside of him, and his 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 um, his conversation just early on here with Nolan. Just the way he, they both talk to one another. You really are saying now that the butting of the heads between the clones and the imperial heads that are not even just the soldiers, but the heads now that are being brought in. These are not the brothers that are being brought in. These are these are new recruits. These are new guys. These are what this is what the empire wants to go ahead. So we are now seeing the real conflict between these two, and it was very interesting just to watch the the conversation with those two early on. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of great stuff you said there. I really like the idea of Crosshair having his own code because he does. It appears he doesn't have a moral compass, but he does. He just points it, and he he operates with a different North Pole, right? He has a different mindset. He's always been pro Empire, but I think this episode does a wonderful job of really explaining sort of how he operates. And I really notice it at the end of the episode when he's walking with Mayday. Or actually, even before that, with the way he walks around after he... Well, we'll just get to it. They go to Barton 4. Uh, right away, we see these creatures. Mason and I had the captions on, as we always do. And it said, Ice Vulture. So what a, what a great description. Right? These ice vultures are flying overhead. We all know what uh, the plan of a vulture is, is to eat things that are dead. So again, that and the music. And I don't know if you noticed this. I said this to Mason when we rewatched it uh, tonight before we recorded. And... As they're leaving the planet they're on to go to Barton 4, the music that plays sounds very much like Revenge of the Sith music mm. when Anakin is about to go back to the Jedi Temple and things are about to change for his character arc. Which, hello, that's exactly what's about to happen with Crosser. So that's a really neat little mm. thing. Uh, we meet Commander Mayday. Um, everyone loves clones. I, I Maybe that's not a logical fallacy. I don't know if everyone does, but so many of us love the clones. And seeing a clone with a beard, I always am a massive fan. I just think it's so cool. 
And we find out his name is Commander Mayday, which is perfect, right? Mayday, I need help. He does need help. But not because he's not anything but a fighter. Because this guy, he instantly rose to the top of my list of clones that I really, really like. He became a top five for me. And sadly, doesn't make it through the episode. But a pretty effective one. Mason, what did you think of Mayday? He was very interesting throughout the whole episode. And at the end, he doesn't get helped by Lieutenant Nolan. And it's a soldier's story. It is. A, oh, I like that. You're right. The, the soldier thing is important. I noticed that when Crosshair meets him, of course, Crosshair, as you mentioned earlier, Mason, he has to keep his helmet on because Lieutenant Nolan says you're out of uniform. So he puts it on. He keeps it on. And, um, you know, right away, Nolan is very disrespectful to Mayday. He says, you know, we've been waiting for 36 rotations. So I'm assuming that if a rotation, like, does that mean 36 days? Does that mean 36 weeks? I'm assuming it means days. I, I don't really know how, you know, the science uh, works on Barton 4. And I don't know that that's really super important. We know it's a long time. Long enough that he grew a beard, right? And um, so Hex and Beach are also there. There's all these little containers that are sitting around with different clone helmets on them. And we learn later those are just their dead comrades. And that's their helmets. It's almost like a little bit of a... Uh, of a memorial for them. And right away, Nolan says, you're going to treat me with respect. And Mayday says, in my experience, respect is something earned. And he even corrects him on what his title is. He is, he is a commander. But there's, I think there's a lot of rich stuff here. Blake, anything you want to say about this little sequence? Um, I got a couple things. Um, as far as Mayday goes, um, Dana, I've known you a long time. I've seen you with a beard. I think you got your cosplay guy right now, my man. <laughs> I think you got your guy. Uh, second of all, I, you know, I kind of slowed down on my Star Wars collecting, um, but if they made a guy with his armor, it was fantastic. I mm. might buy it. You know what? This was the Dengar clone trooper. I don't know if that ran through your head, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> But this guy had the bend. If, if anyone who knows Empire Strikes Back knows that famous scene with all the bounty hunters, Dengar, the, the guy with all the bandages mm -hmm. on his head. That's all I could think of watching this guy. I just love the character design. And despite, you know, that, that scene, you know, with all the odds against them, they said, you know, they, they didn't have the security equipment they needed. The, you know, they were short staffed. They lucky lost his brothers. This guy carried himself in a very mature, you know, you know, this guy's been doing this a while. He, this was a pro soldier right here. Yep. Uh, there was no complaining and it was just, you know, we're going to do what we got to do to, to, you know, make everyone happy. Um, I really like this character off the bat. Again, we, we've said already, you know, we, we know what happens at the end, but, um, you know, that batch has really introduced some really strong you know, side characters when it comes to the, the, the clones. And this is definitely one right up there, right alongside, I think, with, um, you know, last season that we, we did, Dan, uh, you and me did an episode with Tom. Um, yeah. I can't remember what episode we did, but there was that, the clone that, that you know, he got arrested. What was that episode we did? <laughs> Remember, Mason? You know who we're talking, we're talking about? Ryloth, something on Ryloth. on Ryloth with, uh, with Hera, with a young Hera. Yeah, the clone oh. in that. Do you remember him, Mason, his name? 
can't remember. I'm sure people listening are like, oh, it's yeah, they'll, they'll, they're all it'll screaming come, at their iPhone. They're all come to our, right our heads as soon as we hit the stop recording. But the, the, I think this guy was right up there with, with that clone. They, you know, this show has done a really good job of presenting these kind of side characters and um, getting them very unique personalities and looks. And um, so even though this the sequence is very brief, uh, I drew a lot from it. Agreed. Very much agreed. Mason, anything you want to add to that? He's like the Tom Brady or Tiger Woods of soldiers. Oh, that's cool. Or Michael Jordan. Yes. Yeah, there you go. I agree with that one. <laughs> that's great. That's really cool. Uh, so the the interaction between Mayday and Crosshair is great because there's like an instant brotherhood. There's instant camaraderie. Uh, Crosshair doesn't take off his helmet. And he doesn't take off his helmet for quite a while around Mayday because he's been told to keep it on, so he keeps it on. What I noticed about the sequences they leave they're asked to go and, um, you know, you're going to protect the cargo. We need to protect the cargo, but you're not going to send reinforcements. So it's up to Crosshair and Mayday to go recover the two stolen cargo crates, Hex and Veach are dead. They, they can't do anything about it. And so they reluctantly go. And, and I get the sense that if, if we were being honest uh, as Imperials and clones, this is beneath Mayday's... Uh, military grade because he's a commander he he has fought countless wars and battles undoubtedly but he does it because i mean he wants he he's just a good soldier right he does follow orders and so here's what i notice when they leave there's an explosion and right away crosshair who is probably the deadliest fighter as far as aiming with a long distance blaster in the galaxy i mean i can't remember too many people that were are better shots than him honestly and right away, he looks to Mayday, who we just met like five seconds ago. And Mayday says, oh, we're going to you go left, I'll go right, whatever they say. And he looks at him and he runs off and he carries a different kind of a way that he walks as he's running off. I realized in that moment, Crosshair legitimately is a good soldier that wants to follow orders. He doesn't question them. That, that blind loyalty is very dangerous. I don't recommend that kind of a thing at all. Unless, of course, it's your, your dad or your mom telling you to do something right. Mason. Um, but the point is he, I just understood Crosshair all of a sudden he, he needs someone. He's a follower. He's not Michael Jordan. He's Scotty Pippen, right? He, he is not the quarterback. He's, he's the lineman. He's the wide receiver. He wants someone to follow and he will. Now, why doesn't he follow clone force 99? I think that's a lot more complicated than just a black and white issue. Uh, but, but this, it makes sense to me why they connect because Crosshair has been waiting for someone who he sees as a peer. And right now he is a peer because he is working with the empire, but the, the, the doubts are there. He's not connecting them, but the doubts and the dots are there. And you can kind of draw that back to season one. I think uh, the conversations we had about him back then, you know, he, he, he had very strong upper command. I don't think they were talking down to him as much in season one, but now we're seeing, Things in the Empire, you know, continue to just get worse and worse. Um, these things with the clones being, you know, you know, outsourced to the report the recruits, and um, I think it, it for for Crosshair, it's been something that's just been it's been a very slow degrade mentally, you mm -hmm. know. And this this lack of him being with his brothers, I think, is really starting to take a toll on him at this point, especially at the end of this episode. Which now we're going to get to. I'm not going to dive into it now. 
But I definitely see what you're saying, Dan. This this is a guy that needs he needs leadership. He needs something mm-hmm. strong. But I think he, he I do think there's a moral center that, to this guy. You now, which I think this episode really explores very well, which we're we're about to dive into. So I'm happy you brought all that up with, with Crosshair because this I've always thought this is a much deeper character than I think we've not not us, but I think a lot of people may have given him credit for throughout the last you know almost two seasons. And I think this episode and the last episode have really drawn out a whole lot of things for us to think about. Yes. Mason? Um, you said he's Scotty Pippen. He could also be Clyde, Clay Thompson. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Even though um, he's a star, he's still under, a few under, or one under the best player, Stephen Curry. Mason, you continue to make me proud. That's a really smart way to explain that. I love Good that. job, Mason. Good yeah, job, cute. buddy. That's very good. Um, so here's what happens. They go off on their own. It's it's cold. It's it's desolate. It's bleak. Uh, even Hoth would be like, ooh, it's, that's really cold. Um, then there's this great little thing that happens that becomes really, really, uh, a really sad, ominous foreshadowing. Um, they find some dead bodies. And then um, Crosshair makes a joke, you know, at least we don't have to care. Not a joke. I think he's serious. We don't really have to carry these bodies back. And he says, well, remind me not to die on your watch, is what Mayday says. Be careful uh, what you joke for, right, and wish for. This is Vanessa Marshall, and you're listening to Coffee with Kenobi. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. So eventually, uh, he says, since I don't feel like carrying your dead body to the outpost, I guess I'm going to give it a shot because Crosser steps on that pressure mine. And I feel like in that moment, they really bond over him made a saving crosshair's life. Mason, did you write anything down about that sequence? Um, no. I mean, I put teamwork by crosshair and made it. And what I think is really cool. Anything you want to say about that? Um, and when he's done, he says, like, do you not think it'll work? And made says, no, I, I think it'll work. I'm just not stupid. Yeah. And he runs around the corner because he doesn't want to, you know, he could just never know. Then he, they save him. Uh, this is a great moment where we, we find out. Um, he says, you know, we've asked for gear over and over again. We're not getting it. Clones have had to improvise. I needed better tools to save your life. But I don't have them. But I'm a clone. I can handle it. And he's kind of playful with it, isn't he, Blake? He says, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not exactly a, uh, what does he say, a munitions expert or um, explosives expert, but I think I'll manage. Yeah, he, he, he was not a... Um fully qualified to deal with the situation but i mean he managed to do so but i really like that scene too because um i think he was having more fun with him than because i think he was trying to make light of it he yeah. very much knew he could handle it but he's maybe was also being very honest but the playful way he did it put crosshair at ease which isn't really easy to do and it was kind of cool it was kind of funny to see crosshair in that situation 
Yeah. We never we have not seen him since he's affected from clone force I9 in a in a situation where he's relying on someone else for survival. Mm -hmm. And to see, you know, that scene and how of course it worked out, and then to see what results afterwards, which we're about to get into, um, was really powerful storytelling. I really enjoyed it. I agree with that. Uh so they they the rescue works out. Then they find these raiders. All it says in the caption is that they're raiders. They look like a different version of Tuscan raiders, but they're raiders. We don't know what is going on underneath the bandages or what have you. Um, it's a it's a fun little quick action sequence. Mayday's right up there in the mix. He's certainly getting overwhelmed. And then Crosshair, being Crosshair, is an expert shot. He shoots, uh, and he ends up creating an explosion, which later becomes an avalanche. And I like that metaphor too because. Crosshair shoots first. He literally shoots first and asks questions later and ends up being his detriment. He's such a good shot. He ends up causing an avalanche. It's going to lead to the demise of Mayday. Uh, but then we get a really ironic thing. What's inside the crate, Mason? And why do you think it's ironic? It's clones are being replaced. It's the, well, not the clone troopers, but the stormtroopers' new armor. Yeah. Uh, and so all this cargo that they've been waiting on for 36 rotations, they're supposed to the risk their lives for. Yeah. And continue and finish out it's the not mission even for them. Yeah. In fact, Mandy says all the clones have done always sacrificed good soldiers, follow orders. And for what? And for the first time, Crosshair doesn't push back on that at all. I guess he doesn't really against Cody. But he's still with the Empire. Here, I I feel like it is really becoming a thing where it's really starting to sink in. But the emotions rush at him just as quickly as this avalanche where it's really, really awful and problematic. Uh, and there's like a really exciting stuff that happens. So, Blake, kind of walk us uh, through that. Yeah, so the avalanche happens and then... Um, Mayday is, you know, he's trapped in the snow. He's, he's caught underneath the avalanche. Crosshair is able to dig him out. And now they have this long journey in this, you know, this horrible weather mm -hmm. all the way back to this Imperial camp that they're going through. And this was a very um, heavy scene um, to be able to see. in the, the way they, they, they even uh, animated Crosshair's face to see, you know, I have to get yeah. this guy back to safety. Mm -hmm. And you're really starting to see this character change. For yep. the first time in almost two seasons, we're really starting to see a change in this character. He's starting to really realize what is going on. I think even more important than what's going on, what's important to him, his brothers. And I think that's what this scene really is in the following scene, which we're going to get into here in a second. Yeah. Really and captivates. And um, so he ends up dragging him through this, you know, this, the avalanche and the blizzard and the storm all the way back to the base. And I'll let us, I'll let you Dan now get us into that, that scene. But anything yeah. you would like to add on to that though. I mean, I, I just thought that was very powerful to see him dragging his brother through the snow and really start to see that change in his thinking and, and really maybe what's important. I agree with that. Mason, you want to add to that? No, no, it was, it was a, it was an impactful scene. It's a really depressing scene. Uh, Mayday pushes crosshair out of the way. He saves Crosshair's life. So now that's twice that he saved his life. And he's shown compassion. He doesn't talk down to him. He, he talks to him. He gives him his name. His name is Crosshair. He doesn't call him a number. You know, we saw in the beginning of the Force of Force Awakens when Post says, I'm not calling you that. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a name. There they honor the name. I, I I think it's pretty apt when when Crosshair is trapped under ice. First, it made me think of that Metallica song, and then I, I started thinking about he's been sort of trapped. You know, again, water in literature symbolizes change, rebirth. Ice is frozen water. It's not changing. It's not growing. He's trapped under that ice. He's been trapped all this time under this obligation of being a member of the the empire and what it means to be a good soldier to follow orders. He's been frozen, but he breaks out of the ice. At the same time, you feel like he's changed. And that's pretty cool. That's really, really smart storytelling. And Crosshair looks scared. Like, he looks at Mayday. He looks scared. Like, I have goosebumps talking about this, because I remember thinking, look at that emotion. Look at the look at the art of this animation here. The emotion that Crosshair has. He looks terrified. And what does he do? He puts Mayday's helmet on him for their long walk. But Crosshair does not put his helmet on. I had to think about that for a while. I, I, I sort of have a theory about why that's happening besides just basic survival. But what do the two of you think? <laughs> Any theories? Uh, man, I think it's a lot of maybe rejecting um, what he's been taught the Empire is now. That's, what, yeah. that's all I can kind of draw. I haven't really thought about it until you, you, you brought this up, Dan. So I, I'd have to have a lot more thought to it before I can really... Yeah, without saying like an idiot, which I do a lot of the time. So I do not, <laughs> I do not agree with that at all, dude. Everyone should join us on CWK Live, and you can see for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. No, I, what I think. Um, no, go ahead, Blake. No, no, good. Go on, Dan. No, you're good. Go on. Uh, to me, because I really had to think about it. Like, why would he put the helmet on? I mean, I know he's going to help. It's going to help Mayday breathe. It's going to shield mm-hmm. him from the environment. But why wouldn't Crosshair do that to himself? Is he punishing himself? I don't think so. I think he's I think, rejecting the Empire. I do too. And very similar to what Blake said. And why do you say that, Mace? Because he's had enough. He's had enough. He's had enough. And I also think that for all of the ways that Mayday has been treated by the Empire recently, at the end of the day, he is a clone. He is a brother. He is a soldier. And a big part of that is the armor. I feel like this final walk in battle is his last chance to, as a soldier, walk with his head upright as best he can while his brother holds him up. And I thought it was really beautiful. Like, I almost could get choked up, which seems kind of funny. It's just an animated show, but it was very powerful. It, it could, I think, too, maybe now that, you're, now that you're talking, man, now that the gears are kind of going in my head, maybe this is also Crosshair. Um, and I don't mind diving this deep, because I know Floney does this the way we do. So right. I don't mind. I don't mind talking like this. Um, you know... This is him finally giving back to something he fought so hard to fight for before. Mm-hmm. This is someone who for a long time now has been going against the grain, you know, of, of, of his former life. And now he's in a situation where he's at these, this, he's really at a crossroads. Yep. He's been warned of it before with conversations, but now it's really, you know, right there in his face. And he, I really think he has chosen a side. I really think that now this is a big turning point in this show, maybe this moment, because then we have Crosshair maybe really realizing I've been doing the wrong thing. Things are not going the way I thought they were going to go. We got everything going on with, you know, the rest of the Bad Batch between, you know, the the cloning stuff and the the clones being phased out. So 
I, th I think this is a, you know, I think we've seen it with the rest of the Bad Batch, but I think this was Crosshair's moment to kind of maybe get on the same page as a lot of the other clones here that we've been, you know, hinting at maybe coming on for a while now. Maybe, maybe a clone uprising, some sort of thing like that, but, you know, we'll see what happens. But I think that's what's going on right now. Yeah, interesting. Uh, so we get the long walk. He finally gets there just as they get close to the back to the base, the makeshift base. There are cargo ships flying overhead and Crosshair is looking at them. And, and to me, I don't know what Crosshair's thinking, but if I were Crosshair, I'd be thinking, look at all these ships. Were they not looking for us? Were they not out to rescue us? Were they not out to help us? Clearly not. So when he gets there, um, Mayday dies. He dies. Um, he's exhausted. His injuries, who knows what he sustained. He's probably got internal bleeding. And Nolan just says, you know, he, he doesn't show sympathy or empathy or compassion. He just gets annoyed. He says, where are you? Where's the cargo? He doesn't even care about their health. And Crosser says, help him. Did you hear what I said? Help him. He like, I've never heard him talk sternly to anyone on the Empire before. And then the, uh, then uh, Nolan says, that would be a waste of the empire's resources to which crosshair follows back with you could have saved him. And then Nolan says he's as expendable as you are as the ice vulture flies overhead. Look in real life, I do not support violence in any way, shape or form, but in this <laughs> crosshair, he says, he says, Hey, Lieutenant. And he turns around really slowly and boom, Right, right between the eyes. I'm assuming uh, it's certainly poetic justice, but it's it's too much. Crosshair pa then passes out. Talk about uh, that scene, uh, gentlemen. Uh, Mason, feel free to start, bud. When he does, right before he shoots him, he thinks, and then he thinks again, and then he does. You're right. What do you think he's thinking about? He's thinking: Is there any way that he's still alive and they'll help him? No. And then he thinks. What should I do? Ooh. And he's angry. Like he's really angry because he hasn't known Mayday long, but he, I think there's also a part of him. And again, this is just me uh, guessing. I feel like maybe at this moment he realizes not only is this the wrong side to fight for, but I've been fighting against the wrong people. And then this is his way of finding fighting back. And then it's just the, the, the emotion of it all, which Crosshair has been pretty dead inside as far as how he's acting. He collapses. Yeah, I agree. And I am a big fan of uh, villains getting very satisfying deaths in movies and TV shows. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, this was uh, a very satisfying um, end to Nolan. Um, this was a guy from you know the first scene you hated. You just hated this guy. But I think that death, like you said, Dan, it was a very pivotal moment. And and like I said before, and, and what I was saying about this, you know, cross-relating up to this moment, I think there's a pivotal point in this character's development for him and I think all around for the Bad Batch because we know they're going to be drawn into this somehow. Um, how? I, I don't know. We'll find out. But um, very powerful moment. Very, very powerful moment. This is... You know, when Bad Batch is firing off in all cylinders, this is this is top tier Star Wars, and this is this episode, the, especially the end of this episode, was just top tier Star Wars from some from action to to character development to emotion. 
and this this scene really put a you know a, a exclamation point on 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 all of it for this week. So I I just could not be more satisfied with how this all ended. I, I totally agree. I, the only thing that ends happens at the end is um when he wakes up, he's back with Emery, who was the nurse we met um in the last episode, and he's on a table and she says you know cooperate and you might survive which is not exactly what you want might it's not what you really want to hear a doctor and nurse say <laughs> but as she tells him to relax while she's putting this massive needle into his neck he passes out and we go to credits so but do you think he's not gonna pass out of course he's gonna pass out exactly just from seeing the needle would be enough to make somebody pass out <laughs> so is there anything any of you either of you want to say before we give our final letter grades uh, I, I, <laughs> I know the rules of the show. We don't, uh, you know, guess what's going to happen. But I think they're drawing some stuff from some former books that we all like a whole lot into this. That's all I'm going to guess. Okay. And expanded universe stuff. That's what I'm guessing. I think they're, they're drawing some stuff we all love and adding the bad batch into it, which is a George Lucas, you know, creation. So all I can say is I'm, I'm, thoroughly happy with this week um i give this episode uh, my final grade will still be an a i actually wanted to go a little lower only because i'm i'm me i'm a little bitter that we didn't get this sooner on i think we could have gotten some more media stuff like this i think this could have been eight or nine episode series but um i'm very happy i'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with a nine and my closing thoughts are that i, I love this this episode and i'm just very grateful that this season has at least given a given fans like me something like this and something for all of us to talk about regardless week to week. So those, those are my final thoughts. Excellent. Mason, what about you, pal? A and eight tenths. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I think that might be your highest. Is that your highest grade? No. It's pretty close though. I gave the first one with Crosshair and A plus. Okay. Uh, so tell me, tell me about your grade. I gave it an A and eight tenths because it's not the best show on earth, but it was very, very good. Very, very close. I I think this is an absolute A plus. This is one of the best episodes of the Bad Batch in either season. It's one of the I would put this in the top five of best animated episodes of any Star Wars animated series. This the the maturity, the um the evolution of it. And I know you would have liked to have seen Crosshair a little bit earlier, Blake, but personally this is why it works for me, mm-hmm. is because we had to wait that long. Because Crosshair mm-hmm. had to wait that long to figure it out. So we kind yeah. of in a weird way go on that journey with him. The only downside I have to say about the episode is that while it hasn't happened, and we've all got enough love in our hearts for lots of Star Wars, I wish this episode could have come out on a day by itself. Everything mm. is shadowed by the Mandalorian. And yeah. how could it not be? The Mandalorian is another level of amazing. But this episode is such a standout. I think it deserves to have its own feature spot on Disney Plus. Yeah. Five I, or six to the right. I, I will say, Dana. So I, I have watched the latest Mandal- Mandalorian episode today. For those listening in the future, it's season three, episode two that came out today for Mando. Fantastic episode. Wonderful time. Um, but let me tell you, Bad Batch this week hit me more in the in, in the the feels than Mando did this week. I mean, me Mando too. got my got me more excited for what's going to happen in that series. It's still very early on, mm-hmm. but um, man, they they knocked it out of the park this week. This this is Star Wars gold, and um, read you know, very very uh, blessed to have Filoni and 
well, I guess it's, you know, animation. So this is really just Filoni, you know, Filoni there, you know, leading these kind of things to give us these kind of stories. Listening to Coffee with Kenobi, you are with Dan Z, the podcast you're looking for. This is... <laughs> Well, speaking of Star Wars Gold, the two of you are absolute gold, and I very much appreciate you both being on Coffee with Kenobi Mason again. So great to have you back, and uh, love having your insights and your point of view. And you always make me think, and I really appreciate that. So um, we know where you can find Mason. You can find him sometimes in the CWK Cafe and um, on a baseball field or a basketball court near you. Thanks again for being on the show, Mace. Thank you. For having me you bet anytime uh blake thank you as always it's great to chat with you again it's been far too long but i always appreciate your your insights and your friendship and you're such a wonderful supporter of the cwk alliance and cwk live and i can't thank you enough you you lift me and everyone else's spirits and it's just great to see you well it's great to be back dan you know i love you and mason you are a future jedi master we all love you in the Coffee with Kenobi community. We really do, buddy. And uh, Dan, you've created, I, I say this every time I come on, I want all your thousands of listeners to know that this is the best Star Wars community you can be a part of. So join us on Facebook, join CWK Live. And Dan, you are an amazing person. I love you to death. And I uh, can't wait to see you soon when you come down to Florida, buddy. So um, it's going to be a good time. And I'm, I feel really blessed to be back here tonight on the show and hope to be back on soon. This podcast is not endorsed by the Walt Disney Company or Lucasfilm Limited. It is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. The official Star Wars website can be found at www.starwars.com. Star Wars, all names, sounds, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Disney and their respective trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of Coffee with Kenobi unless otherwise indicated. This is the podcast you're looking for.